Hello and welcome to the Old Hat Podcast. This is James Chambliss, your host, also known as Old Hat, affectionately known as Old Hat, but certainly Old Hat in every sense of that expression. Today's broadcast is brought to you by coffee, lots and lots of coffee. I've been drinking coffee uh, the last couple of days in a brand new coffee mug brought to me by my grandchildren. It's my favorite both because they brought it to me and it's bigger than the average coffee cup so I can drink more coffee, which is one of my favorite hobbies. The other one is podcasting. Very happy you're here. This is episode four, and the funny thing about that is I'm not entirely certain I'm through editing episode three, but I knew what I wanted to say today, and so here I am going ahead with episode four. I've been thinking about my dad a lot lately uh, and uh, remembered something that he used to say. He said, if you're ever talking to a group of people and you want them to remember what you tell them, this is the secret. You tell them what you're going to tell them. Then you tell them, and then you tell them what you told them, and that's how you guarantee that they'll retain some of it. So here I am taking that good advice all these years later. I'm going to tell you why they called me Old Hat, and I'm going to tell you a story about a skunk that fell in a well, and then I'm going to tell you a few things about what we're going to do in the future with this here podcast. So buckle up, buttercup, here we go. Why am I called Old Hat? So years ago, I used to travel a lot uh, for my job, and I flew in and out of Dallas a lot. And I came back from a long trip and flew into Dallas Love Field. And when I got off the plane, I checked my phone and I had a voicemail. So I listened to it and it was some friends of ours that, uh, that we went to church with telling me that a little girl, little girl, she's 14, uh, had been suddenly recently diagnosed with leukemia. And the update was that she was in the local children's hospital all alone. So I couldn't think of much worse than a 14-year-old being in the hospital all alone. And, you know, this, her mom, single parent, and uh, she did the best she could with the tools she had available to her, I think. And so I'm not condemning her for leaving her child at the hospital. She did the best that she could, but I just couldn't stand it. Now, I'd never met this particular child. We had a lot of friends in common. And so I did what any self-respecting cowboy would do. And I found a local Target because you have to have stuff. You got to have loot when you go to the hospital. So I went to the Target and uh, was looking around trying to figure out what 14-year-old girls might be interested in owning. And I was standing there looking at fuzzy pens and pretty journals. And a woman that worked at the Target came up and said, can I help you? And I said, yes, you can, because odds are you have been a teenage girl more recently than I have. She laughed and I told her what was going on and she got kind of teary eyed and I got kind of teary eyed talking about it. And she went and got a friend of hers that worked there and they got busy. And before you knew it, I had a, a wicker basket full of all kinds of things, CDs and a CD player and markers and coloring books and you name it. And it was all on sale. Isn't that funny? Or clearance. Neat how that worked out. And found a stuffed horse because that's kind of a trademark of me, you know. The Lone Ranger left a silver bullet and Old Hat leaves a stuffed horse when he comes to visit you at the hospital. So I load up and I go to the hospital with all my loot and I show up at the hospital and I know my way around Children's Hospital pretty well. And I also know they don't let people randomly in to see sick children, but the Black Hat has never failed to get me escorted where I needed to go. And the receptionist called who turned out to be the charge nurse. And she came out and she looked at me and looked at the loot I had brought and said, follow me, please. And we went through the security area, which I won't tell you about because it's there for a reason. And then we went through the scrub up because you can't bring germs to sick kids. And then she took me and introduced me to Angel, who I'd never met before. And, you know, you don't really want to meet your first cowboy while you're wearing a 
backless hospital gown and a toboggan over your newly bald head from the chemo treatments. But that's how we met, and it was uh, awkward. Angel's never been a big talker, and uh, and she wasn't that day either, until uh, I said, wow, you have beautiful fingernails. And she was like, no one's ever said that to me before. So we're starting to, you know, starting to find some things to talk about, just starting to get to know each other a little bit. And the doctor showed up with the nurse. And I grabbed my hat and said, well, I'll be going. I've got to head home. And the nurse said, no, you'll wait outside. And I said, well, it's about a two-hour drive home. And she said, no, you'll wait outside. In that voice that only nurses, you think, would ever come up with. And I said, yes, ma'am, and went outside. And I stood in the hall and I prayed because I didn't know what else to do. You know, there's a doctor and they're trying to explain leukemia and its treatments and those effects to a 14-year-old. That's a challenge. And at some point, the nurse leaned her head out, looking straight in my eyes, said, oh, no, he's still here. He doesn't mind. He's not leaving. And went back in the room before I had a chance to say, yes, ma'am. And I, at some point, decided I needed to go to the bathroom, but I was not leaving my station. She had put me there, and I wasn't going to have her think I had left. <laughs> so Anyway, when they finally got done, I went in and sat in the rocking chair, and we visited for quite a while. And at some point, Angel said, I feel a hundred years old. And I said, you feel a hundred years old? Man, my hat is older than you are. <laughs> so, Because it really was. It is still. We chatted for a while. Well, uh, time passed and she did well with the treatments. And she found this really cool thing called blogging. And she informed me that I was going to get a blog on Zanga. And it was the same tone of voice that charge nurse had always used. <laughs> I know where she learned that from. And so I ended up with a blog and I called it because I assumed that Angel would be the only one to ever see it. I called it My Hat is Older Than You. But as I blogged more and more, uh, signing things My Hat is Older Than You gets kind of burdensome. So I shortened it down to just Old Hat. And it stuck. And as it turned out, a lot of people besides Angel read my blog and eventually Angel went on to blog on other platforms, but I kind of got off of the train there at Zanga and just stayed there until Zanga went out of business. Made a lot of friends there, and they followed me over to Facebook. And in fact, the picture of the hat is the only profile photo I've ever had on Facebook because I wanted those people to be able to know it was me. Because anything else, they'd go, well, maybe there's a lot of James Chambliss's, and there are. Maybe this one's not the one I'm looking for. This one is, and that's why you'll see the old hat on there, and a lot of them are happy to see it. A lot of people call me old hat. A couple call me daddy hat. A few call me grandpa hat, pops, papa. I get a lot of different things on the internet, but it's a, it's a fun place to be, and being old hat is a, is a good thing to be for me. One of the things that I spent a lot of time doing on Zanga just took an opportunity to tell a lot of stories. You know, when you're sick and in the hospital, reading stories can help pass the time. And mine are kind of unusual. I've led a very unusual life, to say the very least. Uh, and a lot of cowboy stories, because I spent a lot of years on the ranch, and a lot of interesting things happen. I, I don't have very many boring days, and so there's usually something I can come up with to relate. One of them that was very popular, well, everywhere I've told it, whether I tell it in person or whether I write it down, is the one about the skunk in the well. So first, let me introduce the uh, characters and the locations. I'm Old Hat still, and I was a ranch manager for two ranches, one called Sassy Ranch and one called Rabbit Foot. They were 47 miles from gate to gate, and I made them every day. Uh, and with me every day was a big black and tan dog named Toby. Toby the dog, not to be confused with my friend's son, Toby, Toby the boy. And so Toby and I went everywhere together. In fact, 
people would go, they'd see me without the dog and go, aren't you Toby's daddy? Yes. Yes, I am. I just went with it because that's kind of my role. Uh, He was actually the more famous one at the time. But Toby went everywhere with me. If I had a meeting in Dallas, Toby went and slept in the parking garage. If I had a meeting at church, Toby went and laid on the porch while we were having our discussions. He went everywhere I went, and he went with me to Rabbitfoot every day. I spent most of my time at Sassy Ranch, and at Rabbitfoot, we had a man named Cotton. Well, we called him Cotton. His name was Catalino. And I once asked him how come they called him Cotton, because usually that's blonde-headed, right? And Catalino Hernandez was not cotton-headed at all. And he said, ah, they just can't say Catalino. I'm like, okay, well, I can see that. Some people don't try to get your name right. I think they should. So anyway, Cotton was over there. And uh, one day, Toby and I drove up to the ranch and and Cotton is there and he is not happy. I'm like, hey man, what's wrong? He goes, there's a skunk in the well. And I'm trying to figure out what that means. You know, that's shorthand for something or that's an expression, you know, like a the devil in the machine or the, the ghost in the machine, a skunk in the well, right? I'm trying to figure out what that means. And I don't get it, man. What does it mean? He said, it means there's a skunk in the well. I'm like, a real skunk? He goes, yeah, a real skunk. I said, dead or alive? He said, oh, it's very alive and angry. I'm like, what well? It's the well for my house. And I'm like, ooh, ooh, that's not good. Uh, well, let's drive up there and look. So we drive up to his house, which is on the ranch and we look in the well, the covers off and this skunk is swimming around very angry down in this kind of shallow water. Well, it's probably 20 feet down to the, to the water where this angry skunk is swimming around trying to get out of the well. And we stare at it for a while. And then Cotton goes, what are you going to do? And I was caught off guard by that statement because I didn't realize I was supposed to do anything, dude. It's your house. It's your well. Oh, wait, it's on our place. Huh? You know, getting skunks out of wells is not something they covered in Ranch Management 101 classes. It's just never come up. Okay, so skunk in the well. All right, well, let's think about it. I said, you know what? We could shoot it and fish it out. And he said, I don't want dead skunk in my water. I said, well, we could bleach it. And he stared at me like, you know, there were probably other ranches that would hire him, right? I'm like, okay, okay, okay. Well, let's think about that. Um, What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? And my dog started just barking. He finally figured out there's a skunk in the well. We're, we're kneeling next to the well, watching this skunk swim in angry circles. And my dog starts sticking his head down in the well and barking. Ruff, ruff, ruff. And, and I'm trying to think, you know, hey, if I threw Toby in there, Toby would kill it. But then how would I get Toby out? And then it hit me. I knew exactly how I'd get Toby out. So, okay, I got an idea. We go to the barn. We get a five-gallon bucket. We get some long rope. And we come back and we tie the rope to the bucket handle and then to the bumper of the truck. Cotton gets a twenty-two rifle because, you know, the skunk could be rabid. We don't know. If it acts crazy when it gets up here, we're going to have to shoot it uh, just, you know, for safety's sake. But we're going to try and get it out of there alive, not shoot it in the well. And I I back up, Toby's in the truck, Cotton's in the truck, and I back up till I'm right over the well. And he looks down in and lowers the bucket and the skunk climbed in the bucket. It was brilliant. Like the skunk knew it was part of the plan. And so it's in the bucket and Cotton yells, go. And so I floor it to pull the bucket out. Well, I'm going way too fast because I'm kind of excited because there's a skunk in a bucket tied to my bumper of my truck, I guess. And so... I I speed up too fast when this bucket comes flying up out of the well and, and through the air and Cotton yells, slow down, slow down. So I stop. Well, the bucket, of course, 
doesn't have any brakes. And so it's about to land in the bed of the truck with Cotton and the dog. And Cotton yells, go, go, go. And so I floor it again, which, you know, if you've ever drug a skunk in a bucket behind a truck, then you know you probably haven't, have you? I didn't think so. Well, I can tell you that if you do that, every time you stop, the bucket's going to keep going. It's something to do with physics, right? Objects in motion. And so I kept jerking and starting and stopping, and this bucket kept chasing, bouncing the truck, and we finally we finally got it, you know, stopped far enough away and the skunk came out of it, came out of the bucket and Cotton's like, go, go, go. And the skunks running around backwards and dancing on their feet. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's a great show. Angry Wet Skunk is a great show if you're in a pickup headed away. It is not a great show if you're trapped against the garage door, but that's a story for another podcast, surely. But finally, the skunk decided that uh, he had done all he needed to do there, and he waddled off into the woods, and we went back to the ranch and uh, put the bucket back up. We Nobody got sprayed. The dog didn't get sprayed. We think the well was okay. We did talk to somebody about what we should do to treat the well water, and then we did a better job of covering it up. But if you ever get a well that has a skunk in it, I can help you with that problem. I know exactly how that works. And, you know, for years after that, I've told that story because, you know, it's kind of unique. Every once in a while, somebody will also have a skunk story, but it's never anything quite like that. And I always think about a verse in the Bible. You know, there's the King James Version of the Bible, and there's the New International Version of the Bible, and there, and I have what I call the Just James Version of the Bible. It's just me. But I write notes in the corners of my Bible that kind of make things simpler. For me, there's a verse in Luke 6 that says a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. And I out to the side of that in the margin of my Bible, I wrote what's down in the well comes up in the bucket because that is the truth. Even if it's a skunk, if you drop a bucket down in the well, that's what's coming out of it. So be careful what you put down inside of you because it's going to come out. I recently contrived to stab myself in the hand. And uh, I didn't say ouch or darn. What I said can't be uh, repeated here. And I shouldn't have said it. But you know what? It's indicative of what's down in my well, because that's what came up in my bucket in that particular moment. So I'm working on that myself. I suggest everybody do that. Have better things in your treasury, right? Have better things down in your well. Have pure life-giving water in your well, not skunks is pretty good advice. Some of what's down in my well is a lot of stories like that one. I uh, have spent a lot of life doing a lot of things. I didn't expect to get this old, and so I lived a lot. I did a lot of exciting things. I took a lot of chances that I probably never would have taken if I thought I was going to make old bones. Probably would have, what was it George Burns used to say, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. <laughs> kind of in that boat, I guess. I, uh, I didn't really anticipate being around for this, so I had a lot of fun early on, and I'm still having fun, more now than ever, really. But a lot of stories come out of that, and that is probably the number one thing that we'll do with this podcast, is tell stories, because that's what I enjoy. I have a lot of stories, I've lived them, and a lot of them are really out of the normal experience for most people. I think I may have mentioned before that I go to school sometimes and put on the Cowboy James program, and I take saddles, and I take branding irons, and I take needle guns that we use to vaccinate calves and cows with, and I take bolus guns that we use to give horses pills with. You know, they're big as horse pills, right? You know, and it used to be, when I would do that 20 years ago, 
kids would come up and go, my grandpa has a horse or my grandma keeps cows or that kind of thing. And now kids are coming up going, I've never touched a saddle. Can I touch that saddle? I've never seen a branding iron. Can I see that? And so we're, you know, it's a lot less likely that the people that see these things and hear these stories know anything about it. But it may uh, it may be that it reminds you of some stories and we can get together and share our stories with each other. And I think that would be a lot of fun. And it may be like a skunk in the bucket. It's a little out of the ordinary and it gives you a chance to learn something, hear something maybe entertaining that you'd never even imagined before. So definitely future plans for this podcast is more stories. I think there's a space for question and answer segments too. There's a way that I'm I'm learning a lot about how to broadcast all this kind of stuff. There's a way where you can leave comments or questions or stories and I can incorporate that into the podcast. And I think that would be a lot of fun. There's also a way for you to come on the podcast either by sitting here in my office with me, which would be a lot of fun, or on the phone or Skype. There's a way to 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 kind of patch you into a podcast. And I think it would be great to have guests on here that uh, that also have stories to tell, that know things we need to know. And then I think there's an opportunity for some interviews. There's people that uh, I think it would be fun to sit down and, and just ask them, you know, what's going on in their world or what's going on in our world. I think my local Congress critter might sit down with me. I know a few politicians that it would be interesting to get uh, kind of behind the scenes, not necessarily to talk, you know, I'm not here to promote one side or the other, but I am curious about what happens at the state house, and I am curious about what happens in Congress and what's going on there. We don't get to do things like that very often, so I think that would be kind of fun. And then I just know a lot of interesting people, and I think it would be fun for you to know them too and hear somebody's stories besides mine from time to time. There you go. That's episode four of the Old Hat Podcast. It's been a lot of fun. I look forward to episode five. If you tell me that you liked the first four, then I think we will uh, proceed with the idea that this is working and go for episode five, which would be a lot of fun. Thanks a lot. This is Old Hat signing off.